Dr. Rick Wallace dropping in on you. I hope that everybody is having a great day. I hope that as you enter into the middle part of the week that you are centered, that you are focused, and that you are prepared to finish strong. Look, I'm going to get right into it. Before I, before I uh, get started, I want to remind you uh, that we are still promoting our newly launched uh, program, Savage and Six. By popular demand, we created a program uh, that is focused on a short, intense, and highly effective uh, process and use of techniques to achieve uh, massive results in six weeks. And this program is available now. If you're looking to change your life or you have been talking about in your mind to yourself or to others that you want to work with me, but those larger programs were a little out of your reach or a little longer than you were prepared to com commit to, here's a chance for you to do that now. It's in the description box, and it's also uh, on some of the platforms that we're on. It's also in the uh, chat, uh, the link to do so. But let's talk a little bit by why about why uh, it's important uh, or it, it would be effective or a good idea to work with yours truly. You know, people ask, you know, you know, why are you so comfortable charging uh, what you charge? Uh, for people to work with you. And the simple answer is I am extremely good at what I do. I'm extremely effective at what I do. I'm the only one that I'm aware of, and there's some bad people out there, but I'm the only one that I'm aware of that does what I do the way I do it. Uh, and I have a 99% success rate, but that isn't even why it's important. It's not the hundreds of people I've helped directly in one-on-one -on -one, uh, situations. It's not the thousands that I've impacted through my material, my books, my lectures, uh, and speaking engagements. It's this. When I was a little kid, uh, early in life, uh, my great-grandparents took me in and adopted me because I was born to a 15-year-old mother and an absent father. Uh, in fact, I never got to meet my father. The first time I saw my father was in a coffin at his wake and funeral. Never got a chance to forge the relationship that I always wanted to have with him. Uh, he passed away when I was 14 years old. Um, my mother, because of the closeness and age and a bunch of other things, we never developed the mother-son. We have our moments. Uh, we've had our moments and, you know, and everything like that. Never any hostile moments, anything like that. But she wasn't uh, in the role of mother. And so I was reared by my grandmother's parents. Uh, it had its pros and its cons. Uh, I would excel in school, was a uh, 
great athlete, uh, but I would I would say in my own uh, assessment, underperformed early in life um, because my focus was all over the place. Would come back in my late twenties, early thirties, and, and do it again uh, and have success and fun uh, when I was more focused. But I went through a process in life where. I moved into early life, had problems in my first marriage, um, had to deal with that, lost my great grandfather, who was my adoptive father when I was 25 in 1992. And I mean, still have moments where I'm hurt and I miss him. He was the model of manhood for me. I'm going somewhere. I know this is a little different than we normally do, but I want to sort of lay out, um, what really qualifies me. It's it's not the years of experience beating on my craft and my trade. It's not uh, any of the credentials behind my name. It's not any of the others who will give testimony of how I did uh, things in their lives. It's this, despite all that, I decided that I was going to do something in my life and I was going to be different. And I, 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 I would have these unbelievable great believably great moments. And I started to move. And as I moved into my thirties, things really started to take off. And then, um, 2006, um, things started to come down and I couldn't stop it. And there were a bunch of things and some of it was my arrogance, uh, some poor decision-making, but the business, I mean, I had been very successful, uh, extremely successful, uh, financially as a business owner, um, you know, and I mean, I, I mean, it, it was a point where it seems like almost everything that I touched turned to gold. But then all of a sudden it started crashing, it started coming, coming down. And, and I was doing everything I could to stem the tide, to, 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 to block off the hemorrhaging and, 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 and it wouldn't go. And it got to a point in 2012 in the lowest part of my life. I mean, over a six year period of time, that was these incremental hard hits. And in 2012, I hit rock bottom. I went from living in a gated community, literally uh, going any, many, mighty mo to choose where a car was going to drive to waking up one morning in a city that I wasn't that familiar with and realizing that I had snow on me. Yeah, literally, I was completely at rock bottom, homeless. Uh, very few people knew about it because there was a part of me that didn't want to admit it was happening. And it was another part of me that just knew a lot of people would actually not care. Others would actually delight in it because that's just how people are. Very few people in your circle are truly for you. I learned this the hard way. But uh, here's the reason why. I can sit up and I get people results because I've lived it. I've walked it out. I've sim sim I've simply done it, but it started there and it started with a mindset. And that's one of the things I teach people uh, that I work with. It starts with a mindset. The mindset is I can't lose. I refuse. It doesn't mean that I won't have, setbacks. It doesn't mean that I won't experience failures in different points in time. What it means is I won't quit. 
I won't stop until I get where I'm going. I'm not going to let whatever I'm going through stop me. So I have a conversation with God. My relationship with God is probably different than anybody else's because it's my relationship. And I don't tell anybody how to deal with God, but you better have something personal going on with the most high if you're going to go out in this life and really conquer things. But I sit up and I had a real real simple conversation. Some of you have heard this before, but I just want to talk to you from a different perspective. Then I'm going to leave you with something. Look, I had a conversation with God and I said, look, I've been in some rough places before and I've always come out of it. You've always held up your end of the bargain to keep me. And I've always held held up my end end of the bargain to fight. This is no different. This is the roughest place I've ever seen in my life, but it's no different than anything else. And so I I remembered something I read in studying uh, in the book of Lamentation and in Jeremiah's writing in the book of Lamentations. And he sits up and he says, he starts to think about all the things that he's been through and how it should have took him out, but he was still standing. And he said, these things I recall to mind, therefore I have hope. And that's what I did. I looked back and I said, man, born to a 15 year old mother and an absent father, statistically speaking, that should have been it for me. Being, being, being in an environment, in a community where, Everybody in the community pretty much was at the poverty line or significantly below it. That should have got me being in a place where a kid was 10 times more likely to end up in the system. That should have got me. When I look at all the things uh, that, that I had been through, a couple of motorcycle accidents, that should have took me out. And I look at all those things and I'm still standing. So these things from my past, I recall to mind. Therefore, I have hope. So my conversation with God simply said, look, if you keep me alive and you wake me up every morning, I'll answer the bell. And by answering the bell, that means I'm going to wake up and I'm going to put in work. I'm going to come up with a plan. I'm going to devise a strategy. I'm going to work it until it produces fruit. I'm never going to fold. But in the meantime, I'm going to live my life and serve others. I was literally homeless and I was teaching classes and lecturing at homeless shelters. Oh, it didn't stop there. I found someone. I was in Dallas when this was going on. I found someone in in, in Fort Worth, Dallas, Fort Worth, Arlington, all that stuff's there. It's, it's a metroplex. I found someone in Fort Worth who had a food truck. I convinced them to come to the largest uh, homeless shelter in Dallas, which is known, which is called the Bridge near downtown on Saturdays and literally feed the homeless. We did it so huge that the police would have to come shut it down because you're not supposed to be feeding the homeless. And, and even though it was done from a food truck, which is licensed, it wasn't done. We Then I went out and found uh, an organization who had that had clothes and they would come out doing the feedings and pass out warm coats and clothes and stuff. Now, granted, nobody knows I'm sleeping because I'm thinking they might not see me the same if they know what I'm going through. They didn't need to know that. Plus, I had something God was working on me with, and I love the solitude, even though it wasn't comfortable. That was a time, Christmas that I never forget. It was the last moment. It was the moment before the breakthrough. That's why I tell people, sometimes the most intense adversity comes right before the breakthrough, because I remember Christmas of 2012, I had gone through a a number of months of this. 
And I had worked it out. And I remember Christmas being extremely cold and it snowed. It was like 18 degrees. And I said, this is one of them times I need you to wake me up. I don't want to go to sleep and not wake up. I'm not done yet. And that's all I said. And 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 I, I remember going to sleep and I woke up. Now. And the crazy thing is there is a 24 hour fitness in downtown Dallas. And this is where I was doing this at. And right on the outskirts of downtown, there were some places I found that were safe and away from everything else. And nobody would see me and nobody would know. And I got a membership, a, an executive membership at 24 hour fitness, which was on top of one of the office buildings downtown. And there was an executive member with the executive membership. That was a special locker room that you had to have a combination to go into. But they allowed you to keep your locker. You were literally assigned a full length locker where you can keep your stuff. And I kept clothes in there. Uh, I kept stuff in there. And, uh, you know, I groomed. So I would go work out, shower, get dressed. And I would go to my satellite office, which was at Starbucks. And I would put in my work. Uh, I was writing for a little of nothing just to get paid and get started. And when I started this, I didn't have anything that resembled my old life out of all the things I had. You know, all the things I accumulated over time, it had gone. Different things that happened. It didn't happen all at once, but it was gone. And I was sitting there. And the only thing I had when I hit this point that was a reminder of what used to be was I had uh, diamond stud earrings that were about one, uh, 1.75 carats, almost two carats each. They were huge. And it just goes back to what, 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 what was going on then. And I took those and sold them for a fraction of what they were worth. But I needed something. And I had made up my mind, if I could get on the internet, I can figure this thing out. So I bought a laptop and got myself set up and every day i would work i would write until i felt like my uh, words were running together i would write and get paid and it's when i when i did that i before before all this started i had two dollars and 47 cents and how i got there is too long of a story to tell but two dollars and 47 cents and i will go through this cycle i'm gonna get up i'm gonna go to the gym early in the morning and i'm gonna um i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna shower uh, I'm gonna clean up and I'm going and I'm sitting down. Nobody's gonna ever know I'm going through this. A few people knew, um, and they would tell me, "Man, I don't see how you're doing it." I'm like, "Hey, man, uh, hey, <laughs> you know, God has planted in my heart a vision, and the vision doesn't look like the moment." I don't know if you can understand that. See, that's somewhere you're going that's greater than where you're at, but you gotta be faithful in your trust in the process in the trust of your gift, in the trust of your purpose, to the point that you don't give in, to the point that you don't let go, to the point that you don't fold, and you sit up and make up in your mind that I'm either going to die or I'm going to achieve this thing I've set out for. Well, I remember waking up that morning after Christmas, getting up, doing it like it was any other day. I thank God that I'm still living and breathing. I went in and put in the work, but then I got a phone call. And on the phone was a friend from a church that I had been serving at all while this is going on. Say, hey man, 
I'm about to move out of my apartment over here and I'm about to move downtown and I have several months left on my lease. Um, I talked to another person who has since uh, uh, become deceased. He was murdered, but he was someone I was mentoring. He said, I think this would be a good opportunity for the two of you. And I said, man, I'm in. So that was my last time being out and exposed. After that lease was up, I got my own place and I haven't looked back. I'm now sitting in an office overlooking the city in Houston, but it didn't come overnight. So, 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 so what I'm telling you is when I tell you I get things done, it's from a place because I'm not just doing it from a step-by-step process somebody gave me. I'm doing it because I know what it feels like to be hammered. I know what it feels like to feel like nobody cares. I know what it feels like to feel like everyone is literally hoping and wishing for your demise because your past successes made them uncomfortable. I know what it feels like to walk in a room and people are literally hoping that that whatever's going on just gets worse for you. I know what it feels like, but let me tell you something. I know what it feels like to overcome. I know what it feels like to conquer. I know what it feels like to walk through it. And what I tell you is when things get hard, you got to go harder. That's not a cliche. That's real. When things get hard, you got to make up in your mind, I'm built for this and I'm not going to quit. Yeah, there are steps that you learn. I learned them the hard way. But I'm studying the whole time. How can I take my experience in human behavior and parlay it into letting helping people change their lives where many will never have to come to this point that I had to come to before they move to the next level. And those who are at or below where I've been can still know it's possible to rise, that no matter where you're at, you can come out. I said, how? So I started to literally study. So I started to literally transition out of writing to try to make it happen, to actually helping people. I got back into counseling, but I, I got back into counseling and I, I deal with every, I have clients who are trying to recover from trauma. I have clients who own their own businesses and are by all uh, intents and purposes already considered su- successful, but they want to take it to the next level. So I've got this big, long bra. And my thing is, I'm here to show you that no matter where you come from, no matter where you start, no matter if you never knew your dad, no matter if you grew up in a hood full of poverty and violence, no matter if you had to navigate gangs and, and drug drug use to get to school every day, no matter if you done went through two or three divorces, no matter if you done hit financially rock bottom, no matter where you've been and no matter where you're at, that you can come out of it. I'm not just talking from something I read. I'm talking from something I lived. You know, every morning I wake up and I give God thanks. From a place that you probably can't imagine. And then when I wake up and I'll I come to work and I'm driving to work and and I'm thinking about, man, I'm li- I remember when, you know, I had g- f- fallen so low 
that there wasn't anything to drive. I was walking or uh, uh, at best riding a bike. And, 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 and I'm sitting there and I'm thinking about it. And then I walk into this office and I gaze out and I look into the horizon in the morning. And I realize just how powerful God is in my life, but also how much I contributed to coming out by refusing to quit, by applying myself about not buying into the lie that it was over. Look, I want to present a, 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 a premise or a proposal to you. I want you to really think about this. Something that I've realized in my life in writing 24 books and having started multiple companies and currently running multiple companies, that's something I realized in working with individual peoples and speaking in lectures and all the things that I've done that has exposed me to so many people. This is something that I've learned, that your life has an echo. And what that means is that the actions of your life will literally echo throughout eternity. There's going to be a verberation or a vibration and representation to your actions and your movements in this life that will transcend your life and will echo into eternity. Here's the question. Are the actions you're taking profound enough that those echoes will be heard after you're gone? That's your legacy. Will the echoes that you make in this life be so profound that they can be heard throughout eternity? Or are you so docile, so timid, so afraid, so broken that your, your, your echoes are but a mere whisper in the imprint that you're leaving on this world? God didn't design you for mediocrity. He didn't design you to be small. He didn't design you to, 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 to simply exist. He didn't design you to spend your whole life in survival mode. It's time for you to take the steps necessary to change your life. So when people ask me, why should I get Savage and Six? It's because you're looking at somebody who walked out the principles that will be taught and ingrained and put forth in your personal plan for those six weeks. This isn't some little course I went to for six weeks. I've lived it in my life since I was a kid. You're talking to somebody who literally did their first speaking engagement at three, thanks to my grandmother, well, my great-grandmother. And I've been speaking ever since. I think the right, right way to say that is ever since, but you know, hey, I've been speaking since then. And my goal is to change as many lives as I possibly can. And I thank God for the gift and the capacity to do so. So that's why I invite uh, people to work with me. That's why I'm successful at what I do, uh, because I actually feel and can understand what it's like 
to be in the worst place you've ever been and have to fight your way out of it. So here it is. What are you going to do? Are you going to accept the lie of defeat? Or are you going to rise up and move and take action and do what's necessary? That's the question. On that note, I'm going to get out of here. Before I do, I'm going to leave this link one more time uh, in the chat. It's also in the description box uh, for those who are ready to make a move. Um, this is by popular demand. People wanted a shorter version of the things I do in 12 weeks, 18 weeks, 26 weeks, and 52 weeks. Here's the six-week version. Uh, it's highly intense, but it definitely works. I'm excited about it, so I'm challenging everybody. Hey, who or if you're serious, let's make something happen. But it's up to you. On that note, I'm out of here.